my goodness. I just want all of our people listening, if anyone is listening, to know that right before Kristen pressed record, she said, let's press record and see if we say anything. <laughs> what if we didn't? What if I press record and then it was like silence? Silence. <laughs> I heard Eckhart Tolle say that um, when he's writing, he sits and he waits for the spirit to descend and something to like appear in his consciousness. And then he writes the sentence. But what if you and I did a podcast like that? <laughs> Where we just we waited for information to descend and it might come 15 minutes in. <laughs> and we're like the quality though of the silence <laughs> is lifting your vibration. <laughs> Which is really just us looking at each other like anything yet? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. I don't we're know. Like, we're like making faces at each other the entire time. Um, if you are new to this podcast, I'm so glad you're still here. <laughs> Don't go, don't after that, leave us. After that entertaining preamble. Um, Anxious attachment, don't go. We are Natalie and Kristen. We are just two friends who like to do a podcast together. And this is, we're, we're very close to nearing podcast number 200, which feels <gasps> amazing. And it feels like I can't believe we've ever had so many things to say. Uh, what have we been talking about this entire time? <laughs> no no idea. What number is this? Shall I look it up? I think, I think it could be 199. <gasps> this is 199. That feels really that, exciting. It could be. Yeah. Or it could be 198, but we're, we're. No, it's oh, 199. This one is 199. Go. There you go. So who knows what's going to happen on the next podcast? <laughs> the silent podcast. Number 200. 200. The silent podcast. Or it could be like, what are those videos where they like make sounds for you to listen to before you go to bed? It's like they like peel an orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they like, they like blow. That's called, but I think it'd be really funny if that would be funny. episode 200 was that. Welcome to Natalie and Kristen making sounds that don't make sense. <laughs> this is a podcast on creativity. Can't you tell? <laughs> ah, we were just talking before we pressed play about this sort of need for levity and this desire that we've both been having for tuning in lightness. I was just sharing with Kristen that I've just been really obsessed with watching like the British baking championship. I've been watching the holiday baking championship. I just love to watch people bake cookies and celebrate how good their cookies are. There's just something about um, that beautiful, sweet energy as I've been just cocooning in my home that has felt really nurturing during this time. It's almost like we we need a little bit of an exhale as humanity. And that, that's how it's been manifesting for me. Well, doesn't that make sense? And that makes me think of how I often quote you. <laughs> Why does it make sense that I feel this way is one of my favorite <laughs> questions that Natalie Roy taught me. And I use it all the time. When anyone has like emotion coming up, I, I love to tell them, well, Natalie Roy says, <laughs> why does it make sense that you would feel that way? Why does it make sense that we need to be nurtured right now? Why does it make sense that we need a little levity? We just went through a global pandemic. Yeah, we and we're still in it. You yeah, know? we're still in it. Still and, in it. And so much, so much change, so much divisiveness, so much political uproar. There's so much happening. Of course, we need a little sweetness. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And, you know, there is something in that phrase 
that it really gives us permission that whatever we're feeling has space and what we are usually really busy doing. And I would say this is probably a cultural thing as well as an environmental thing, but we're used to being taught and being told that efficiency and getting results is the priority. And so oftentimes being a space where it's like, well, what do I need permission to feel right now? Or what do I need permission to just be in right now is often sort of diminished as, as less valuable. And I think that the, the gift of why does it make sense that I feel this way? Or even if someone is sharing, I notice that something when I share really hard, deep feelings, and I look to someone just as, as the space that is holding what I've just shared. And for someone to say, that makes sense. It just, it just gives breathing room to your experience where you know many of us have, have grown up in a reality where it's like, well, put away what you're feeling to get your work done. Of course. We've been taught, socialized, that there is an appropriate thing that we should be feeling. So, which makes us totally nullify what we're actually feeling. That, that we do that gaslighting of ourselves of, yeah. oh, I'm having this emotion. I shouldn't be feeling this, quote unquote, and then try to make ourselves feel something else. Yeah. As opposed to what if just everything that I am feeling makes sense. And there's a reason that I'm feeling this. There's a reason that I'm desiring this. And so instead of trying to change the channel, can I sink in a little deeper? Can I ask the question, why does this make sense? And can I allow this present moment and whatever I'm experiencing to deliver its message to me? And then can I love and accept whatever is happening? Because that's my gateway. That's my portal. Um, I was sharing with you right before we started this podcast. And I don't have a problem sharing this because, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like I feel like it's a we're all family here. Um, and also a way to check in with yourself about that. Oh, like, I love you. that process of let me check in before I share if this is something I feel congruent sharing. Like, I love that process. Oh, well, I appreciate that, Natalie. Thank you. <laughs> By the way, look at that good validation that my friend just did. Isn't that a modeling of a beautiful validation of my process? Okay. Just wanted to point it out. It makes sense that you wanted that pause. <laughs> <laughs> it does make sense. Um, well, just that I am uh, visiting my family for the holidays and my dad is uh, going through the process of dementia and just that there's a lot of feelings. Everyone's having a lot of feelings. And that makes sense that everyone is having the process that they are having. Um, my dad, my brother, his wife, my mom, my older brother, like everyone's feelings make sense in the situation and mine, right? And uh, that they all get to be held in this container. And And when it comes to feelings, there isn't any right or wrong. There is here we are all doing our best and all having different needs around the situation as it's unfolding. And I feel like that is a little bit of a microcosm of what's going on in the world right now. There's big things happening and we're all having different feelings and we're all having different needs. And, and in a way we're learning how to tune into our own selves, our own feelings, 
and, and really validate our own emotional states for ourselves so that we can then hold space for others. Right, right. That different people will process the same experience, the same grief, the same pain in completely different ways at completely different times. And there's no right or wrong in that, that every person, every little snowflake has the unique way that they fall and they land and they melt and they do what they do. And, and all of us, even family members, even friends, wherever we come from, that there, there's a uniqueness to our process that is individual for our own healing. And no one else should heal the way that we heal because their healing is unique to their process. And if we can allow that, oh, this is what it looks like and feels like for this person right now, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be any different than it is. And I think that our friendship has always been a great reflection of that because we, we even joke we, that we feel so similar. We feel so connected, but we feel also so different. Like we look so different, you know, Kristen has like the big, beautiful curly hair and I have the little brunette bob, you know, like we, we couldn't be more different, but connected on such a deep level, but our processes are different and how we enter into conversations is always different. And, and how we go through life is different. And it's, it's actually the, the most beautiful thing is being in relationship with someone who does things differently because you get to be in awe and wonder and curiosity about their process instead of trying to make their process look like yours to validate that you're allowed to have your own process. You actually get to say, oh, look how beautiful it is how Kristen processes that. Look how interesting that is how Kristen sees that. Look how cool that is that Kristen did that that way. And that doesn't mean it's my way, but I can appreciate and respect it as a way to also understand that my process is also that and everyone gets their own. And that I feel like also extends so beautifully to romantic partners that in our, with our romantic partnerships, it's so beautiful to go, oh, wow, look how different this human being is from me. And look at the different way that they see the world and have different needs. And there's something powerful that occurs when you let everyone just be who they are and let everyone have their own process. Yeah. You know, I just had this experience just, you know, in the last couple of weeks where there was a, a request came in to me and I immediately, you know, when your body says like, that's a no for me, <laughs> like, I, I don't, you know, that you just know right away, like, oh, even though this could be cool or this could be fun, like, it's just, I can just feel it in my body saying like, yeah, no, that's a no. But what happened to me is I started feeling this, well, if I say no, will it hurt the person I'm saying no to or and, and then what I started doing, and I, I could see it so clearly in myself, is I started playing the game of convincing myself that my no wasn't really a no. Ooh. I started watching myself say to myself, it wouldn't really be that bad. I mean, you could totally handle it. I mean, it might not be the best thing for you, but I mean, it would be fine. Like, and so I started minimizing my own boundary. Like you could feel my own energetic wall, but I'm the one taking the bricks away, right? Because I'm trying to convince myself that I, that I shouldn't have this no. And so what ended up happening is 
I ended up saying yes. And I got myself into a situation where all of a sudden it was like every little thing in my life started, it was just, everything was a little bit off track. Like everything was a little bit harder than normal. Um, you know, my sleep wasn't quite as good. Like I was a little bit more anxious, a little bit like, and I just started noticing everything got a little off kilt. Mm. And then at some point I really said to myself, what do I really need now? And I made a shift. And what I actually did is the situation that I ended up saying yes to, I actually removed myself from the situation. I actually like took myself physically and I was like, I'm just going to go somewhere else for a couple of days. And I'm just going to like be with myself and recalibrate. Well, the second I got back on my boundary, like that, I, I actually listened. I, I actually listened to myself and honored my own boundary. All these miracles started happening. And it was like immediately, like the train got back on the track. And it was almost like life was showing me when you dishonor yourself, it's like, we can't help you in the same way or something, you know, like when you honor yourself, like the flow gets so much more clear. So, you know, I, I wandered into a beautiful restaurant and all of a sudden two dear friends I hadn't seen in a long time were there working. And I asked for the bill and they said, no, your friends paid for you. Like, it was just things like that. Like out of nowhere, all of this beauty and all of these miracles and, and just, it was like getting back on track with my no is my no and my yes is my yes. And really honoring myself really like put me back into a flow of the universe. Now where this is relating to what we were just speaking about, about the differences is that I notice in myself, the, the people pleasing, the really wanting to be liked the really wanting everyone to be happy and everything to be okay and not wanting to have any conflict. I, that's the part of me that can sometimes convince myself that my no is less important than someone else's. Yes. But I brought into my life in partnership, a husband who would go, that's a no. And I, I noticed in that moment that I made a decision as a me instead of a we that if I had incorporated his strength while I'm building the muscle (laughs) of learning how to have my no mean no, I can look to my partner who has really good boundaries and is really great at that and say, Oh, this, can I put this ball in your court while I'm learning how to do it? And Mm -hmm. then there's places where he can do that with me. So it's like the gratitude of having a partner that's different from me because now I get more strengths in my life (laughs) than I currently know how to have in a partner who can teach me how to do things that uh, those muscles aren't strong in me yet. So I think that sometimes in, in partnership, in collaborations, in romantic partnerships, in families, we really think that the ideal situation is if we all see things the same way, if we all do things the same way, but actually there's something in the yin and the yang, there's something in the difference that allows us to expand our strengths while also being in deep partnership with strengths that we maybe don't have quite as strong yet. Right. We need our differences. It's our differences that make us stronger. That's why community healing is, can be so incredible is the way that someone else sees something can just open things up. I mean, I've learned so much from just being your friend. 
I've, I've learned so much from watching how you live your life. And there's such fun, there's so, there's so much fun to be had by going, oh, look at how that person does things. Huh, that's interesting. I wonder if I tried that, what would that be like? You know, yeah. and we get to borrow from each other because in a way we were raised in the families we were raised in. So we had this kind of early on modeling for ourselves, but there's so many different ways to live. Yeah. That's why mentors can be so amazing because they can model for you different ways of being. And so all of life really gives us this opportunity to say, what are the other ways of doing life that I haven't even recognized yet? Yeah, I'll never forget the day that you came over to my house and we'd been friends for many years by this point. And I said, Kristen, you're going to be really proud of me. I didn't make my bed today. I rejoice every time you don't make your bed. You have gotten so good at like relaxing and. And that's very much like an influence of our friendship, right? Because, you know, if anyone's been listening to our podcast for any length of time, you know, I'm like the type A one. I like things the way I like them. I like a strategy. I'm very efficient. My house is always clean. You know, there's like <laughs> things are scheduled and the gift of, I'll never forget the first time Kristen and I traveled together. I'm like, where are we meeting? Do we have each other's phone numbers? Like, how do we do that? Where are we like, like I, and Kristen's like, we'll figure it out when we get there. And I was like, wait, what? Like that feels scary and dangerous. And, and yet what it unlocked in me to go on a European vacation, living in the energy of, well, let's just wander till we see something cute. Well, I don't know. Let's go down this street. Who knows? Like what it unlocked in me creatively, what it unlocked in me as an artist, what it unlocked in me as, as a partner to my husband, I mean, it just has given me so many gifts. So sometimes it manifests as an unmade bed, but more it manifests as, as something in my body of a, of a relaxation that I wasn't raised with, you know? And, and so again, the, the gift of the other, the gift of being inspired by something that's different than you, being curious about it. I also want to say the gift of the other is a really good podcast title. <laughs> we may end up there. <laughs> Speaking of the gift of the other, I wonder if that's why I've been not wanting to listen to podcasts recently. Oh or, yeah, we hate podcasts now. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I told Natalie that might be one of the topics for this podcast is I hate podcasts. <laughs> In that, I just realized I had podcast fatigue because yeah. I actually really love to listen to podcasts, especially on my drive. Now that I'm living upstate, I'm spending a lot of, you know, I'm doing these long drives or on a long run or traveling in the airport podcasts are like, I like to put them on and have my friends in my ears. And I realized I had this fatigue of people telling me what to do. Yeah. Like I was over it. I'm like, stop trying to teach me a lesson. Ah, like I didn't even want to do this podcast. Cause I'm like, Oh, I don't want to teach anybody anything. Nobody should listen to me. Oh, like, I don't want, I don't want anyone to teach me like, <laughs> Like, yes. Let's know what we're doing. Like, no, like we're not on we this, don't. Like, planet whirling around in the galaxy. And who knows what's going to happen next? It's all unknown. So, in a way, sometimes I feel like everybody's making everything up. And yes, yes. I do deeply love wisdom. I do mm. deeply 
basically have this part in me that is really curious about how other people do their lives and how other people see the world. So I think my whole life, I've always been a seeker and really interested in hearing other people's perspectives. And I think one of the things that is just of this moment is what if I let go of the seeking and I'm just in the process of enjoying this weird experience of life. Yeah. If it's less about trying to get it right. I think for a lot, I think I always had this thing where I wanted to live up to my potential and I wanted to be the best version of myself and which is beautiful, I think. And we've talked about this, this before on this podcast, but it can create this sense of like never arriving, always striving yeah. for arriving. I mean, always being in the what inside of me needs to get quote unquote fixed as opposed to being in deep radical acceptance of who I am and then opening to the joy of my life. So I have found recently that I just love listening to music because of what it does for my nervous system, like being on a run and putting on great music or being on a drive and just having beautiful music and just pretending that I'm living in a music video. That's really juicy. I've also really loved comedians. Um, just because it's fu- it's fun to like laugh at it all and not to take it all too seriously. And so what I feel in all of that is just the importance of variety in, in, the, in this human process and to keep incorporating different ways of being. Yes. Yeah, that it's almost like anything that we use uh, I think it's, it was Ram Dass who talked about that, right? Yeah, all models can become traps. All models can become traps. Like anything that you start to see as your guru becomes the thing that separates you from the guru, which is you, you know, um, that that's you for you, that you have your own wisdom, that, that the way that we are meant to access our wisdom is through our experience, our sensory experience with life. So sometimes that will come from a podcast. Sometimes that will come from a plant. Sometimes that will come from a great sexual experience. Sometimes that will come from an amazing bowl of cereal. Like the whole point is to be in a sensorial experience with your life, your senses, your understanding, because the way you look at the flower is different than how anyone else does. And the flower you see is different than the flower anyone else sees. And so the real point of this all is is for you to get in touch with you and how you see and process it. And there are so many ways up that mountain that if you find yourself stuck in, this is my way, this is my way, then that way has actually become probably the thing that has kept you stuck and kept you away from, you know, what else could be there. You know, and speaking of um, podcasts, uh, I was listening to Brene Brown the other day um, she just, she just feels to me like a real voice of like, the, like the kind of voice I love, which is like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I think maybe this, you know, like so much vulnerability in the, like, I don't know. Um, but she said the other day, and it kind of reminds me of what you were saying about this idea of what I think I'm supposed to be and this living up to my potential and this being this perfect version of myself and using every day to the fullest and, um, arriving and, and she says, we think perfectionism protects us from being hurt, but it protects us from being seen. Mm. And arguably it protects me from seeing me. But I, I feel like the times in my life when I have been 
most sad and lost and scared and panicked and quiet and grateful and joyful and alone have been the times when I've known myself. And I think that the trying to achieve or amass a certain amount of wealth or credit or jobs or notoriety or whatever it is that we seek, I think it actually keeps us from seeing ourselves because we end up seeing ourselves in the products we create or we see ourselves in the achievements that we do, which is this little finite moment in time expression of who we are, but it has nothing to do with the depth of what's there and what else is there to uncover with the next and the next and the next unfolding. Right. What I'm hearing is separating our value, not from that our value is not about what we do. It's about who we are, that our value is so deep in our beingness and really being able to access this deep well, this magnitude, this unfathomable ocean of ourselves, because we're not in that ego association of, I have to look or appear perfect or be a certain way. The other day I was talking to a friend, we were talking about romantic relationships. And I said, well, here's the gift of my romantic relationship is it's taught me to love and accept it in all of its imperfection, which has taught me how to love and accept myself and all of my imperfection, which has taught me how to love and accept my entire life and all of its imperfection. Because yeah. in this imperfectness is all this nuance and all of this depth and all of this creativity and all of these interesting crannies, um, it's, it's where the juice is. It's really where the juice is, yeah. Yeah, you think of, you know, there, you think of the moments that people describe, you know, I, I think especially in, in grief and loss, and you think of the things people look back on and miss, it's never like that day I won the award. It's never the, you know, that day that I had lost 10 pounds. Like, it, like those are not the things. It's like, it's like, oh, the smell of that thing that used to bake, that mom used to make. Or it's that, you know, it was that feeling of like running home after school and, you know, that this person would be there waiting for me at the door. It, it's, it's always the, the day, the day, little messy little things like it's always those things you know when I I sometimes have this moment when I think back I, I sometimes wish I had the superpower of time travel because I would give anything to go back and be like five again and feel what it felt like to be on my dad's shoulders again <laughs> you know I would love to be like going down the mountain on a toboggan for the first time again and really feel that moment. Like I would love to sing the song in the school play for the first time I ever heard my voice again. I, you know, I would love to taste my grandmother's cookies on a Sunday morning again. Like, and, and it's those things, it's those life things that you say, oh, that was my life. That's the gratitude. That's the presence. And 
it was, it was never the things, it was never about the things that we think it's going to be about. I, I always think I'm, there's, I'm never going to be lying on my deathbed whenever that moment comes and be like that role that I got to play. I mean, I just don't think that that's going to be the thing. Yes. I think those will be things that make me feel excited and joyful along the way. But I really think the things will be like that fresh breeze on my face, that little snowflake falling on my cheek, that beautiful sunrise that we saw in Santorini. Like, I think that's the stuff that, that really imprints on the heart. And I do think that we get so busy and we try to make things look so good, like this, our social media pages and who we date and how much money we have. We just, we try to make it look so good. And we, we try to fulfill on whatever we think fills those buckets in our life. And I think the process of that actually makes us miss the thing. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I know we were, we were sharing about that of like, you know, with the time change and like, there's a moment right now in time that doesn't it just feel like you just want to be in. Yeah. You just want to have like a mug of hot cocoa and be snuggling with someone you love and um, watching something adorable. It's like those, those moments are here and they're now, and they ask us to, it's like life is right here and now asking us to enter into it. And we are the ones that create barriers to the entering in of life into the enjoyment of life because of our judgments. Um, I love East Forest. He does a lot of like ceremonial music. He's a musician and he has this beautiful song and he like does like almost like spoken word, like poetry with beats behind it. And he talks about having this moment where he could see the lifetime of judgment he'd built against himself Mm. and then watching that dissolve. And so who would I be? How would I be able to enter into life right now if I didn't have judgments against who I am and how I think I'm supposed to be? And then how my life is. Like, it's almost, I, I think of like being here with my family right now and dropping all judgments of how anyone is supposed to process this situation and getting to enter into life, getting to enter into these moments because these moments are precious and they won't be here long. They're here for this moment only. And can, and can I fully enter into them without my ideas of how I think they're supposed to be and to learn from watching how each one of us are different and each one of us are going through these process in our own unique way. The gift of the other. The gift of the other. Yeah. Yeah, it really reminds me of what you were saying too about really having that pause to like really see the magnificence in ourselves. Like what would happen if you replaced all the judgment of what you haven't become yet with the absolute awe and wonder of, gosh, with, with everything I've carried around, on behalf of my ancestors till now, look who I've got to be on the planet. Yeah. Look at the experiences I've gotten to have. Look at the breath in my lungs. Look at the sky I get to look at. You know, look at all the dreams inside my heart that are so beautiful and fun and light me up. Look at all the things I'm interested. Look at the books I want to read. Uh, Look at the food I want to eat. Oh my gosh, like my whole life is this beautiful expression 
oh my gosh, every decision I make is showing me a new color that I am. And I get, and I get to experience that. And there's no destination to that. That's here and now, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done. Right. I wrote this poem called I Am the Adventurer. Like it's right here and now it's in me. I am the gift. I get to unwrap me every day. And every day there's something coming up from the center of my soul that is showing me these new dimensions of myself. And I want to be here. I want to experience it. I want to see who's, who's living through me here and now. And as I was telling you, I had this meditation earlier this week where I felt like this thing to send on me where it was like, whoa, none of us have any idea how incredibly, remarkably talented we are. Like we've all, every single one of us has been given this gift, this talent that is so beyond our capacity to even fathom that if we could hold the magnitude of it, it would Im immediately make us drop to our knees in awe. That we all of a sudden would be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I get to have this talent, this gift, this power, oh my goodness. But it's almost like we like numb or blind ourselves to it um, because the gift is so big to receive. It's just such a massive gift to receive. And this thing that came into my meditation was that we often are looking out to the world, hoping that the world will see or notice us and then validate us, but we haven't become willing to accept how big and awesome and incredible it is and really get into profound gratitude for it and then to show up just to honor it. And that's where the work, like that's where it starts. Like can yeah. I just show up to be like, what is this talent I've been given? What is, what are these abilities that I have? Oh my goodness, they're so big, they're so massive. I just wanna show up and learn about them. And so yeah. it becomes unconnected to what anyone else thinks about them because I'm, I'm in the gift. I'm, I'm learning how, what the gift is. I'm unfolding the gift, I'm in the experience of the gift. Yeah, and I know I watch a lot of actor tapes. I watch a lot of actors auditions. A lot of actors send me their auditions and I'm sure, and I think you shared with me much like when writers send you their work, what usually accompanies the work is I'm not really proud of this tape. I don't think it was my best. I, I disregard all of those <laughs> notes and ideas. And much of the time I am sitting in my kitchen by myself at my computer sobbing having a total like Oscar worthy performance moment because I can't believe how talented people are. Like it bowls me over the choices people make, the nuance, the way they bring themselves, the vulnerability, like putting their heart in, in, in these words, in these stories. I'm, I am in awe and I will share that with them. And they're like, eh, I don't know, it was okay. Uh, I, no, I think Natalie's just being a nice person. And I'm like, wow, we really have an inability. We really hide our greatness from ourselves. And I, I'm sure there's many reasons for it, but I think one reason is there's an incredible amount of ownership that has to happen when you acknowledge something. Yeah, that's like right. If I really acknowledged how good I was at that thing, you know, there, there would really be some own, there would, there would have to be some different choices around that, you know? Yeah, yeah. That became my prayer this week is, 
let me just start to be able to hold it. Let me just start to be able to see if I can like grasp it. If I can hold it, if I can open up a little more. Yeah. Reach around, feel the edge of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Can I extend my arms out and really embrace it? And I have the exact same experience with my writing uh, uh, students, participants, whatever the word is for that, where they'll send me their pages and I just want to throw something. I just wanted to be like, shut up. You're so good. You're so, oh, I'm like in awe. In fact, I was reading one girl's novel today and I was like, she's a master novelist. This, this girl was, this woman was born to write incredible novels. And I feel like, how did I get the front row ticket to get to be transported to this magical world? What? What? Um, I'm blown away. I'm blown yeah. away by the gifts and the talent. Um, and, and that might just be like a fun way to, to play. When I start to notice myself get into judgment about myself for anything or judgment of another, can I say, is this judgment here? Um, can this, is this judgment willing to be released so that I can actually hold the gift of what I've been given? Like, is that judgment itself a barrier? And is it a barrier of protection? Cause I'm, yeah. cause I, cause I haven't been taught how to hold the magnificence, the magnificentness of the gift of myself and of the other, right? Yeah. Because it's not, it's, it's everyone. And so we, the gift of the other is I can stand in awe of how big your talent is, how big your gift is, how incredibly massive it is. And then I can have, I can have reverence for you. And then I can also have reverence for me. And we all start to learn how to like hold and take ownership of this together. Yeah. Cause when we're not doing that, what we end up holding is almost a shadow agreement with one another where it's, I'm going to hold everything you're not, and you're going to hold everything I'm not. And we're going to relate to each other as that. And, you know, I have a mentor who I work very closely with, and she is really, really on top of me about what I bring language to, like what words I speak, because those are incantations. Those are curses or it's a blessing. And everything I use my mouth for, everything I use my expression for, may it be in a way that expands or celebrates because anything else is a curse. You know, if I say, you know, if I put someone else down, then that's a karma that I'm going to carry around, you know, and it's a heavy one. And, and I, I will have energetically cursed that person with my words I don't have the right to do that. And the only reason we normalize doing it in anyone else is because we have normalized doing it to ourselves, that we've gotten into a habit of using our language to diminish ourselves. We use our language to put ourselves down or to tell ourselves not enough. And she really has me in this practice of being very mindful about what I speak inside of myself and outside of myself to say my words will not diminish my words will celebrate my words will expand and it's interesting because when you take on that practice you actually see how loose we are with one of our most powerful gifts what we say becomes an incantation you know our our words our wands that's powerful 
That's yeah. a soulful shin. Our words are wands. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, powerful. Right. And we actually use it to diminish our light. We use it to diminish our gifts. And what would happen if in language alone, you just started with that voice inside of your head? No, that doesn't belong here. Thank you for sharing. It doesn't belong here. No, I will not be diminished. No, I will not stand for that. No, those words, those words are not for me. And those words are not for anyone. What would happen if you just started saying, I refuse to put myself down with my own words? You would, you would start to have an access point to your magnitude that I think would blow you away. Yeah. Talk about a place of creating boundaries with ourselves and having a boundary with ourselves around our language, mm. you know? Yeah. Because if it really doesn't start in here, we can't do it out here. Mm-mm we have ourselves to practice with we have ourselves yeah. we have ourselves to play with and to and to use our words to speak into existence what we know to be the truth of our being mm. yeah it, we're, we're giving birth to these worlds yeah with our words. we can create whatever we want and you you get the opportunity to know how powerful you are when you use it to expand. Because when you start expanding your life, it gets big real fast. Mm-hmm. When you diminish your life, you know, it, it, it just kind of keeps you where you are. That's right. But wait and see when you expand into that magnitude, when you expand into that accountability, when you stand into ownership of the gifts that you've been given and what you are here to do with them. The same way, you know, anyone listening who has children, it's like, you see your child as a gift. You, you want to help them. You want to expand it. You want to give them opportunities for it. You want to say, yeah, like here's a playground for that gift. Like, yeah, do more of that. I support you. I welcome that. And so it has to start inside. It starts, has to start with us. That's right. And as we expand ourselves, we give permission to everyone else around us to expand themselves. And that's how we create a new world. Let's do it. Let's create a new world. All right. I'm not doing anything later. Cool. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, friends, for listening to episode 199. 199. We should have a party for 200. We should. We should get dressed up. Yep. All right. So next episode, when you're listening to episode 200, make sure you put your party shoes on. Do we do something fun? Do we create something for 200? I think we will. We can, because we're magnificent. And we can make whatever we want with our words. Yay! (laughs) Well, stay tuned. We'll tell you what it is. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. We love to feel like we have friends all over the world in you who are committed to doing their dream on the planet. And if you like this podcast and you want to find out more about what we're doing or who we are, our pop-up classes, our online classes, you can check all of that out at thecreateseries.com. And if you want to be part of our Facebook community, you can go to the Create Community page. That's C period R period E period A period T period E period community. And if you loved this podcast, why not share it with a friend? 